you want to be in the driver's seat of that. So don't worry about, is this the right opportunity? Make them want you there so badly that you get the opportunity to turn them down. Sometimes in job interviews, we can get so hyper-focused on how to sell ourselves and get the job that we forget to think about what's in it for us. Hi, this is Diana Burnell O'Leary, job search expert and career coach with Job Talk Weekly. I wanted to go beyond the typical interviewing tips and go deeper into how to approach the interview process and how to take back control. Today, I'm talking with life and career coach Emily Hawkins, who, after more than 15 years in corporate America, now helps people meet their career aspirations through courses and coaching. We'll talk about how to get more out of the interview to see if this potential new job is really a great fit for you, all while still showing them how fabulous you are. And don't forget, if you need a quick jumpstart to help you find job fulfillment, our group coaching workshop starts on February 16, Wednesday night. More information at jobtalkweekly.com slash group. We'll meet three Wednesday nights in a row over Zoom to get you moving. Okay, let's jump in with more from Emily Hawkins. Hi, Emily. Welcome to Job Talk Weekly. Hi, I am so excited to be here. Well, we are excited to talk about interview tips, but before we jump in, let's talk about the goals for the interview process, because I feel that many times candidates are so eager to sell themselves and how to figure out their answers about how to present their work that they forget that it is a two-way street, that there's a goal there of gleaning more information about the company culture and things like that. So how do you work with your clients on the overall approach to the interview process? I love that you said that because I feel like that's the most missed opportunity. I think we look at it as, please pick me, please pick me and not, oh yeah, I have a choice in this matter as well. And understanding, you know, one of the things I always tell my clients is, you know, you can go on Google, you can go on, uh, you know, Glassdoor is a possible, a really popular one, Fishbowl, um, definitely something where people go and talk about careers, opportunities, how great the bosses are or not. But here's the thing that all of those sites miss and LinkedIn misses, by the way, whoever you are interviewing with, there is really nothing on the internet about that person to tell you if they're a great leader or not. Yeah. And so that interview process isn't just about the company. It's about the person sitting in front of you. And I don't mean HR. I don't mean recruiters. I call those gatekeepers. They're great. Those aren't the people you're working with on a daily basis. Anyone you come in contact with, whether it be, you know, your direct boss, your boss's boss, uh, coworkers, people who would be considered your peers, or if you're fortunate enough to interview people that you would be working for or working for you, I should say, which I have done in the past, all of those are opportunities to decide, are these my people? Is this really where I would grow best for the goals that I have for myself? And that's where I want people to start is really defining what would be the best growth opportunity for me? Because it's not always the same environment for every single person on earth. 
Yeah, I think that's really healthy feedback because it is a two-way street. You want to find out if this company, if this team, if this boss is going to be a good fit. So the one mm-hmm. question that a lot of HR managers love to open with is, tell me about yourself, which can be really helpful, but sometimes people can go way back. So how do candidates approach that very open-ended question, but in a succinct and professional way? Oh, yes. And most people, when they hear that question, they take a deep breath and they're like, I don't know where to start. (laughs) They go back too far is my experience. They go back to kindergarten. I find that it's either one or the other where they go back way too far to your point or they're too succinct. Um, my, My joke is always I can tell you the entire Harry Potter series in two seconds but you miss the richness and the story and why it even matters, right? And that's where you've got to have this healthy balance. And what I will say is that speech isn't so much about you, which sounds crazy since they're literally saying, tell me about yourself. What they're trying to figure out is, are you going to fit at this organization? Are you who we're looking for? And by the way, they want you to be. That's the other thing. I think most people go into an interview thinking they're going in front of a firing squad and they're trying to catch them in some sort of lie or, you know, oh, you don't know this. Ha ha. And really, the interviewee is sitting on the other side of the table saying, please let this be the person because I hate this process. <laughs> That's so true. We do want to hire and we want to give the person the benefit of the doubt. And I think the other thing about the tell me about yourself or any of these questions is they are assessing your communication skills, you know, how you come across, how you speak, how you talk about yourself. So let's go to a micro question, sort of, so to speak, because one of the Mm -hmm. things that came up recently for me with someone I was working with was she really wanted to ask about remote work and flexibility, but she Mm -hmm. got really afraid, right? So this goes to your point about the fact that we've got to come at this at a much more positive, even keeled experience. So when do people bring up so of those personal elements that they do need in their next job that is so interesting what i would say there is a lot of us want to bring up salary we want to bring up remote we want to bring up vacation time or flexibility in general we want to bring that up very early on and if i were to go on a date with you and our first date i said to you i want to have three kids and i want to move (laughs) the country Wouldn't that scare you a little bit? Yes, a lot. Because we've just met. You know nothing about me. And I feel like most people jump to what's in it for me, meaning the the person that's being interviewed, before they become appealable. I think I just made that word up. Appealing (laughs) to the company where the company will actually move heaven and earth to work with them. So... I say that because those questions are appropriate, but there's a time to ask them, and it's actually as far down the road as possible. And I actually think when you have an offer in hand is when you ask those things. Yeah, and I think it's okay to ask. And if it is critical to you that you are able to leave Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 o'clock, I think during the offer you should negotiate that because waiting for your first week on the job is not the time because you've got to figure out if they can do it or not. And if they can't, then that's okay. Then you just keep looking. Amen. 
you can always turn down an offer. And I love what you just said there. It has to be done before you sign that paper because that way all expectations are level set and you hold the cards. Once you sign that offer, there's really no going back. I've had people make the mistake where they say, you know what, after I've been there for you know 90 days or six months, I'll go back and talk to them. No, you have literally no. set the stage for your tenure at that organization already. So it's really not available. But what I do wanna say for the person that is wondering about remote work, that pre-pandemic, one in every 67 jobs posted was a remote job. Well, now, as of literally this month, now one in seven jobs is remote. Oh, yeah. We have proven that we can do a lot, almost all work remote. And it's it's great that you bring this up because just last week's episode um, was with Power to Fly talking about remote work and how it's here to stay. So no longer is it a perk. It is a skill that some companies are looking for. Um, so let's talk, though, about the one thing that pops up for candidates every once in a while when they have something in their background that they're not thrilled about. Maybe they were fired. Maybe it took them six months to land a new job, something that is awkward for them. If those things come up in the interview process, how do you suggest that candidates handle that? Uh, first and foremost, everybody has an elephant in the room. Everybody. <laughs> Thank you. It could be, uh, you know, like you said, a gap. You were let go. You were downsized. You actually took time off to take care of a sick uh, parent or child. All of these things, in my opinion, have a beautiful story behind them. But what I will say first and foremost is when you bring those elephants up in the room and you don't wait for them to come to you, that shows a level of thoroughness and confidence that nothing else could. So back to that, tell me about yourself. I actually recommend including those things when you are answering those questions. But let me give you an example. You are going to say something like, which led me to my time at, I'm just going to make this up for a second, which led me to my time at Google, where I was able to have the opportunity to work with this team and this team. We created, you know, these functions that created a million dollar revenue for the organization. But unfortunately, my mother fell ill and I needed to take some time off to take care of her. But that's okay because it led me to this organization and you talk about that organization or maybe you have that gap currently. So you say, but that's okay because I'm excited about this opportunity. And then you talk about why you're excited about the company you're sitting in front of. So you notice that I told you about something, but I didn't spend 10 years on it. Yeah. I gave you a brief synopsis because that's all they really care about. So you're saying the best defense is a good offense. Amen. Amen. You bring it up to them and it's part of your story and you're proud of it because here's the thing that we forget about those gaps. They define us as people. They are the things that we remember because when we're in those gaps is when we get scrappy. We get so resourceful. Because everything that we are used to that's certain, going to a nine to five job, having that steady paycheck, all of that is gone. And so we have to create our certainty. We have to decide what that looks like for us. And I feel like those gaps give us that opportunity. People that take time off to either raise children or to 
take care of aging parents. I have to say, after working with both types of people, there's an embarrassment factor. And I feel like we need to turn that embarrassment into pride. You have just shown me that you are loyal to people that matter to you and you care deeply about supporting people in your lives. So talk about video conference, because I feel like we all have plenty of experience on the Zoom calls, on Skype or what have you, but there's usually a couple of tips for how to interview because, you know, we get so nervous being on screen and now you have the added pressure of the interview. So what do you talk to your clients about when it comes to the video conference interview? I have a, a two really ridiculous hacks that make all the difference in the world. I want you to take either a crazy picture or a sticky note with something funny on it or even just the word smile and put it right next to, so like on the right side of your camera on your computer. And that way you remember to smile. So back to not looking like you're in front of a firing squad. (laughs) But then also, when you are looking in the camera, that's that's our version, the virtual version of eye contact. Yeah. So all of us are used to looking at people's faces, which, of course, during the meeting, when somebody's asking you something, go ahead and look around. That's fine. But make sure that the average time you're spending, the majority of the time you're spending is actually staring at that screen and having that silly little sticky or whatever it is right next to it will make you smile. And it will make you remember to look in that spot. So, I mean, that is that in and of itself can make a really big difference. Excellent. So this also happens that a candidate has prepared in advance and they have their questions. That's always the big thing is that, you know, you want to show that you're engaged and you're interested in this position. What better way than to have two or three questions that you will ask during or at the end of the interview? But guess what? You have a hiring manager or a recruiter that was so thorough they addressed all your questions. And so the candidate is feeling like they don't know what to ask. So how do they get out of that situation? Or how do they have a question that they know can be applicable that the interviewer has not uh, addressed yet? So I'm not a big fan of asking questions to recruiters or uh, HR managers, unless, of course, you're being hired in HR, then, of course, that matters. If they've answered everything, don't ask something just to ask. So do not feel like that is something you have to do. Now, for everyone else, so your boss, your boss's boss, your coworkers, all the other people, you really want to ask about that person. And there's a good chance they have not told you about them. And one of my favorite questions to ask is, tell me about a day in your life working here. Ooh, I like that. And the main reason is, is because it's all about them. You have just spent the last... 10 to 30 minutes talking about yourself and back to the Google factor. You can't Google the person sitting across from you. You cannot Google that answer. Do not ask something you can Google. That is, <laughs> it seems ridiculous to say, but Hey, there are warning layers layers on, you know, hair dryers that say, don't put them in the bath. So that's my warning label is don't ask things you can Google instead ask about the person sitting across from you. And the great thing about that particular question, you're going to learn a couple things. Number one, does the person sitting across from you actually know what they do every day? Uh, I've worked in companies where some people 
had a great, I'm just going to say BS line where they say all the right things to get into the role, but when they're actually in it, nobody's sure what they do. (laughs) You've worked in corporate America, Emily. I know this. I can see it. Yes. And this is my BS detector because I don't want to work for somebody that doesn't know where they fit in the organization. So if they answer like this, Oh, every day's crazy. It's like drinking from a fire hose, lots of meetings. And it's just, we can't wait for you to come on board. They have shared nothing about how they affect change in that organization. So politely excuse yourself and run out of the building. I'm just kidding. Don't really do that. (laughs) Uh, But that's a red flag. That should be, okay, first of all, that answer tells me you're a poor time manager and you were not able to effectively communicate to me what it is you do every day. So when there is a fire drill or there's something that I need to be involved in, are you going to be able to communicate to me? Nope, not with that answer. So it's just a great gut check of, is this really a leader I want to follow? So is it okay or will it be effective to ask the HR manager about the leader? If there is a multi-step process and the HR manager is screening you, would it be worthwhile for me as a candidate to ask the HR manager, well, what is Bob, what is Mary really like as a leader? Do do I think I'll really get an effective answer? Nope. I think that's a waste of time. Because <laughs> they'll tell you what you want to hear. And I will say that this advice came to me early on that how they treat you in the interview process is the best they're ever going to treat you in your life. They're always presenting the best foot forward, but there's always a little bit going on uh, behind the scenes that you don't know about. How can candidates sort of get to the nitty gritty of the, the real inner office dynamics? Well, if you get the opportunity to actually go to a facility, I say that because we are living in post pandemic times where sometimes, everything is virtual. But if you get the opportunity to darken the door of the facility that you will be working in, look around. Is it messy? Are desks piled up with stuff? Is it busy, but like a frantic busy? Or is it a productive busy? Is it a exciting busy? Uh, Is it everybody looks like they're having a great time? And I do realize it's work. Everything is not always having a good time. But I would recommend that you make sure that you are able to go to that facility if you can, if it's not remote, to see what the environment's like and literally turn off your mouth and just use your eyes and ears. Are these my people? Is this where I will grow? That is huge. And it's not asking anything. It's just feeling what it is that you're seeing. Now, if it is going to be a remote role, then understanding what that dynamic's like, understanding what they're looking for from you is key. So if, you, if the role feels fuzzy, you know, I got I this great advice given to me. Um, if somebody says it's complicated <laughs> and they're not able to give you a great answer, yeah. run away. That is a sign something is very wrong. 
Right. That's code for problem. So how do people wrap it up? Because at the end, you know, it's kind of like having dessert at the end of a great, fantastic meal sort of is the last memory you have. How should candidates wrap up the interview? How should they have some final parting comments that express great interest and that leave just a really positive impression with the hiring manager or the interviewer? Well, in my Market Me course, I actually teach my students a mic drop moment Ooh. that will make top of mind. And I'm not going to share it here because it's a big <laughs> deal. makes a huge difference. But what I will say is you want a future pace. Uh, a lot of us think of a, an interview as a rearview mirror, all about what you've done. That's great. It is important. But think about in your career, you know, I, I was not top of my class in college, and yet I have I have survived and have been very successful. So it's not always about past experiences. It's about how you will perform in that environment. And so the way I would end the interview is, I'm excited to start working here. Just put it out there, say it. You know, I'm excited, I look forward to working with you. Just saying things like that can make a really big difference. Even if they're not 100% sure yet, um, is it still okay to leave that really enthusiastic and positive, um, you know, mention? Because I think sometimes people aren't sure. And then only when they get home do they say, wow, I should have presented myself in a stronger way. So is part of what you're suggesting is just go for it, you know, act as if you really want that job. And then if you do get the offer and you're not interested, you can always turn it down. Amen. Yes. Excellent. And some of the best advice I ever got was from my college mascot, which is the strangest thing ever, but it stuck with me. So I, when I was in high school, I lived near the college. I went to University of Tennessee. Go Vols. Uh, And I did an improv class. And the improv class was actually done by the college mascot. And he obviously did other acting gigs and all of that. And so after class one day, one of the students asked, you know, how did you even get to be Smokey? That's our mascot, Smokey. And he said, oh, that's a great story. So several friends in the acting community dared me to try out. And I just did it for fun, just as a joke. And then when I got to the audition, they had us filling out paperwork and on the form, there was information there saying that wherever you were in school, as soon as you became the mascot, you had a full ride to school. Nice. And it was like that changed the game for me. And he said, <laughs> I up from that piece of paper and I started sizing up every person in that room. And he said, in my head, I said, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. I'm better than you. And I'm really sad that you guys showed up today. Again, he's saying all this in his head. I'm really sad that these people wasted their time today because I'm getting this role. And that stuck with me. And it's literally how I've walked into everything. I want to be the one in the driver's seat of turning down offers. I don't want them turning me down. It's fine if they do. That happens. In fact, you want some of that. If you're not getting turned down, you're not applying enough. But you want to be in the driver's seat of that. So Don't worry about, is this the right opportunity? Make them want you there so badly that you get the opportunity to turn them down. Well, I think you really hit the nail on the head. 
Emily, that so much of this is how we approach it, how we uh, communicate, what we tell ourselves, right? The positive thinking. So these have been some really terrific points that you've left us with. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Where can people find you, Emily? Uh, Thank you so much. This was so wonderful. So you can find me on any social media platform. I'm really active on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook at Emily Hawkins, the number four, the letter U. If you'd like to visit my website, I have several freebies and also a free one-hour webinar that you're more more than welcome to watch as well, all on this process. And you can actually get that at Emily Hawkins for you, the number four, the letter U.com. So everything can be found there. Thank you so much again, Emily. Have a good one. All right. You too. Thanks for listening to Job Talk Weekly. Stay tuned for future episodes about topics like personal branding and my favorite, networking. Leave us a review. Let us know what topics you want to hear. And we're always on socials on Instagram and Facebook, Job Talk Weekly, and our website, jobtalkweekly.com. See you next time.